What's up, everybody? This is Four Fit Podcast. I don't know what fucking episode it is, and I don't really care right now because this is Tough Love Episode Part One. Bill, I think you got something to say about Benson. Yeah. This has been brewing all goddamn day. Yeah, it does. And now and it's time. Today, it's time to throw down. This today, is your main event, baby. Before, Ring the fucking before, bell. We're going before at Bill it. pours gasoline on everything. Hey, not that long ago, tonight was the night that everybody was doing, like, eating. People were... Punching bubbly and, and dog shit and making baby making babies. We were all in oh, making babies. Yeah, we, we were, we've got about we, we've got about we've got about probably like two thousand uh, babies named Doug uh, that were conceived this night. Or Nick. Or Nick. Or, or Nick. Yeah. Or Nick. Yeah. We were all we were all in the heights that night. At, at, at the heights, we popped so many bottles of champagne that night. Yep. Oh yeah, the new norm. Where the Shall hell did that get us? Tomar's liquors. I still <laughs> have the, the goggles, by the way. Oh, yeah, that's right. We were still finding corks in your uh, in your front yard for like eight months. No joke. No joke. Yeah, like literally I would mow the lawn. When was that? That was February. In the springtime when I was mowing my lawn, I would be like, oh, my God, what is that? Oh, it's a cork jammed into the, the, the grass. <laughs> <laughs> As your lawnmower shooting them across the street into Rich's yard, it's like, oh, what did I hit? Did I just hit a bunny rabbit? Oh no! Every time, but every time you found a cork, John, you relived a little piece of it. Oh, it's like my little heart. My heart just kind of just glowed. You know, you could see it outside of my chest. It was just stop for a second and you know smell the roses. And now we're a shit sandwich again. Right back to it. Right back to it. Right back to it. Oh well, at least we had that one year. But anyway. Tough love. We're not getting Let away from tater chip. You know, Bill. Bill. Bill wants to talk about his 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 uh, you know, and coddle his his prince Ben Simmons because it, you know it is a little bit of coddling because I feel like once again, like this, this guy is, hasn't been coddled enough. <laughs> we're gonna- That's fine. You can you know we we can be tough and 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 there's a reason to not to ignore flaws and they're major it's a major flaw it's not multiple flaws it's a major one major flaw how did this all start though bill this all like, started cuz i was with a customer in the city and we got talking about the sixers and he brought up about how he can't wait to trade ben simmons's ass and i was like you got to stop with that noise cuz th- the move came and went harden was the one move we could have made and it triggered Multiple people chiming in, mainly on the ship on Ben Simmons side, about how he's not a good player, he's overrated, and this and that and the other. I don't remember Ben Simmons ever coming out saying he was LeBron James 2.0. So I don't know how it's his fault that he's not. Now, granted, he's not, I'm not I'm not happy with his play, but we don't have we don't treat shiny things well in this city. And Ben Simmons is still a shiny fucking toy. And if you and you can say he's not. But yeah, he's not playing tonight. But that's I checked. We were in first place in our in the conference. Let's beat the world champions at full strength. Took two in a row from Boston. Minus Tatum, a big minus. I get that. Not their fault they wasn't on the court. And he's and he's showing he's not scoring better, but he's playing the game better. He's becoming a better player, and we're winning games. But yet, as a fan base, he's a piece of shit, and I don't get it. This team is built for Toby to be the number two player. And he has been this year, and we're winning. 
Ben isn't the guy that's going to score 30 a game. Like, we got to stop with it. If he puts up 20, it's a big game. Like, okay, great. But I don't know. It's just we're all been watching Sixers for the last 20 years, and minus Island Iverson, that little run with Iggy, and I guess Jimmy two years ago, we've had a lot of losing, and now we're winning games. So I don't know why we just kind of can't enjoy our 24-year-old young star, and maybe he'll put in something, and maybe he won't or get traded. But, man, I just caught it on the bad day of, like, by your one more person shit talk, Ben. I, I think because make- we all know that even though we're winning, we all know that it's probably still not enough to get the big one. And in order to get the big one, we need, we need to see guys, especially guys like Ben Simmons, who eat up over 20% of this team's cap space and – was and I'm sorry that the when before we drafted Ben Simmons or the day that we draft did draft Ben Simmons, the Philadelphia media, certain people within the media, sold him as LeBron 2.0. This is going to be the the guy who comes in and changes the face of the 76ers because we at that time we had no idea what Joel Embiid was going to end up being like, but it was like. Here comes the Lord and Savior, Ben Simmons. This is the guy, clear-cut, the number one draft pick. He's going to change the, the, the dynamic in, in, for Sixers basketball. Since then, he's very productive, right? A lot of triple-doubles, very efficient. But there's asset parts of his game, some more prevalent than others, and I think we all know what the most prevalent part is that we can all key in and tee off on that has not developed or gone anywhere. But there's other things like aside from that one part that you would think that you would see some progression, right? And we're just not seeing these little things that everyone thought that would, would, would progress by now progressing in the right in the right direction. Now, you know, earlier we were, we were making the LeBron James, you know, uh, Ben Simmons comparison. Cause someone was throwing out LeBron James as a comparison. Absolute blasphemy. There's no fucking comparison and there never will be. But I believe before we bet, before we were, we drafted Ben Simmons, there was hype around this guy to be the next LeBron James of the league, quite possibly. And I just don't see it. Now, with that said, do I think he's a terrible player, a piece of shit? No. I think he's a very, very good player. I think he has the talent and the ability and the potential to be great. I just don't – I question the work ethic in this kid so far. And I get he's only 24 and all this stuff, but like – Basketball has been this kid's life, his entire life. So he he doesn't at twenty four, being you know one of the number one overall draft pick, and 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 playing at an at at, at an elite level. I think twenty four. I mean, you can't really put an age on that, right? I mean, it's like you have guys that come in at 18. So like at 18, now he's 24. That's like six years. That would have been six years in the league. You know what I mean? But he, he's been coddled his entire and groomed his entire life to play in the NBA. So like the fact that he's 24, it doesn't matter to me that he's 24. By the time he's 24, he should be 
he should be just a, a bona fide superstar at this point. And I just don't, I just don't think he'll ever, I don't, just don't see it ever, him ever getting there. Now, can Doc Rivers and this front office turn it around? I feel like they, they've started to because I think that we've seen like flashes of Ben Simmons where he's been super uber aggressive, extra aggressive, but there's, but there's just certain things to his game, the turnovers still. Um, it, there's parts in the games where he just flat out disappears. Um, and there's other, there's, there's, he's still not shooting. So it's like, I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm just <clears throat> frustrated with him. Just like people in Portland are probably frustrated uh, with, with Lillard at times. And it's like, we as Philly fans are probably like, how can anyone be frustrated with Damian Lillard? But I'm sure there's people in Portland who are frustrated with Damian Lillard. I'm sure there's people in Milwaukee who are fr- frustrated with, the, with Greek Freak. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just one of those things. And, and, and it's, it's all love coming from me. I mean, I, like you said, Bill, I've, we've been watching this team our entire, our entire life, basically. And it's like we've been waiting for this team to be great. And I feel like we're right, we're right there. We're right on the verge of it. And I feel like we could quite possibly could miss out on an opportunity to get over that hump and be a dynasty if, if guys like Ben Simmons are in the way. You know what I mean? Like, could he be the one piece that we can't move to acquire the piece that Joel Embiid needs to get over that hump? And that's just things I think about. And it's, it's, I'm always going to root for Ben. I'm going to root for the guys on this team. It's just, I don't know. It's just tough to not just to sit here and watch him blow like simple layups when you're six foot 11 and you've been playing basketball your entire life and you can easily dunk over anyone on the court and you don't fucking dunk the basketball. I, I just don't, I, it's just, it's just absurd. You know, it's what? there's little things about this game that just fucking irk me. And I don't know why, you know, what makes me smile. The fact that Matt is feeling the exact same way that I felt for so long about Carson Wentz. It's a, it's a parallel. It's a parallel. He, he like to sit here. Let's go back to what Bill said. This team was built around Toby, Tobias Harris being the number two option. Are you insane? Are you insane? They're giving him $38 million, John. They don't give somebody a max contract to say, hey, Toby, you're a good option, I guess, when, you're, when the ball is convenient to get to you. They're paying him to be a 20 to 25 point a game scorer. And he's he basically been that. He's been that this year under Doc. He's a big reason he's, we're 16 and 6 right now. He's, he's borderline an all star right now. That's, I mean, that's a pretty fair statement, I would say. Well, let's, let's, first of all, let's, I think he is an all star. I don't think he'll get the votes, but I think let's he is hush, an all star. Let's hush the all star talk because we all know the all star game, the all star voting is, for the lack of better terms, bullshit. Yeah, it's for kids. We can all agree. It's a, yeah, it's a popularity contest. Fine. But I totally disagree that he is, this team is built around him being the number two option here. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't agree with that one bit. Number one should be Joel Embiid because his ass should be in the post. He should be posting up and bodying any other center or power forward that they throw on him down the block and scoring. At, at will. After that, you have Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons was drafted here as the consensus number one overall pick. Did someone, did some people dub him the next LeBron James? Yes. Is that a, is that a fair comparison? Absolutely not. 
Okay. I don't blame him for getting dubbed the next coming of LeBron James because when people do that, it puts even more pressure on someone that might not want to be the next LeBron James. And only, and even people to, to compare great players, the guys that just come out of the league, I think it does everyone a disservice. But uh, Ben Simmons has a job to do. Okay. Ben Simmons is a basketball player, number one. And in basketball, there are many facets of how to play basketball, dribbling, defense. But the number one thing is to score the basketball, whether that is making a layup 10 times a game or shooting 10 times a game. If you're not going to do one of those things to help your team win, because let's let's face it, to help you – let's rewind that – to help your team win when you are getting – walking down the court, setting up the offense, and the defender in front of you is giving eight feet. And you have a pull-up jumper that any other point guard in this league would take, and you're not taking them. That's a problem. That's not helping your team. Okay? And if you're not going to do those things, and you're, not, and, you're, and you're blind to it when the past regime, the past coach was adamant that you should be shooting them, I think it's a slap in the face. And I think even Jesse's brought this up numerous times. It's like you're getting paid millions of dollars. The organization team's asking you to do something and you're just not doing it. It's ignorant. It's ignorant. I, I, and I disagree about Toby. Like I understand why they gave Toby the money. I mean, I actually, I don't understand why they gave the Toby the money. If he's making that kind of money, I didn't realize he's making $32 million a year. He's a max contract. 38 okay. million. Well, I, you know, he, for four years. We're going to look back on it. It's going to look like a bad – it's going to be a bad a bad contract. And again, we traded for him. We traded for him. It's not like we, you know, lost out and tanked for him. Because remember, that's what we were doing. We were tanking for players. Yep. And the reason why we were tanking for players was the master plan of Sam Hickey was we are going to be crappy for a long time, acquire assets, draft picks, and we were going to – Winless for Wiggins. We were going to suck for whoever. Thank God, thank God that never happened. Well, you know, I mean, you, you can look at back at that and you go, yeah, maybe it's a better thing, but maybe he, maybe a guy like that is better for this team. I don't know. I don't know. I just th- – That was the Joel draft. That was the Joel draft. Yeah. I don't think he's better than – that would have been better. But I know what you're saying. He could have been a better piece depending on how the other drafts fall in or you never know how teams take shape. After you get a player, you, you, whatever, but, um, I, 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 you know, I hear everything you're saying and I say all this as I could truly say I'm disappointed in Ben. I mean, I, I don't say all the things when I defend him that I'm not disappointed, but I feel yes, it could become a hindrance, but he's never played with a talented lineup like this. I mean, we're 12 and 0 with our starting five together, 12 and 0. With Curry, Green, Ben, Toby, and Joel, because he has four legitimate scorers around him. So I think, yes, the argument can be said in playoff time. Everybody said, you know, it's like playing four on five on the half court and this and that. But don't forget, and it's easily passed over because for whatever reason, you know, if he didn't play defense, he would get shit on. But the fact that he's an elite defender gets ignored, like, and I get it. You can't pay $30 million for a guy just to just defend. But he does a lot more than just defend. 
He's fourth in the league in assists per game. I mean, again, not, I know you don't care about stats, but that's a pretty right. good thing to be. If you're a point guard and a facilitator, you get other team, other players open shots. He's also, like, I think the second leading point guard for getting open three-point shots to his other players. Another good stat inside the numbers. So, I guess, I know you guys know he's good, but I wish you had a more positive output about him because I think there's still enough brightness with his game to be positive as opposed to saying he's a disappointment. Yes, well, it's a, he doesn't shoot. I get that. It's a very big, very big notch. Uh, I mean, a knock on him. But I feel everything else he does, uh, up to free throw shooting is even getting better, is promising to me. Like, it's just, he's a fun player to watch because he plays hard. He plays hard when he plays. Like, and I don't know. To me, that means something still. You made a comment earlier, John, and you're right. Somebody plays hard. I very rarely dog them for, for not being good. Now, I, I'm, I'm my bitch. Like, what the fuck? You know, we're paying you this money. But, I mean, for me, as just as a fan, I enjoy Ben being out there because I know I'm going to have a guy that's going to dog the best player on offense when he's out there. Because don't forget, he guarded Kawhi for seven games. He's going to guard KD on Saturday night when we play the Nets. And I know it's just like, oh, whatever, whatever. Those are pretty big whatevers. Like, when he, every night he plays the best wing player on the other team. He guards. Like, that's something I think that, that should get a little bit of like, okay, well, does that pretty well. And, like, I don't I know. know. In the, but in the end, Bill, he didn't do good enough because guess who won the series? Yeah, no, the, 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 the Raptors did. Cause, and, and it was a learning experience. But, again, that was Joel's second full season in the league. And I like to think the way Joel's playing this year, he's never even come close to doing consistently that now teams have to – the whole thing with the, the Sixers is this, and this is the way I view it too, because this is what you have to look at too with the Sixers and Ben Simmons. If we're going to try to get a Bradley Bill or a Zach Levine, which I don't think are really realistic in my, in my opinion, it could change, I don't know, but you're going to have to give up Matisse and a Maxi well as well, and I get it. We're in win-now mode. But those are integral pieces to this team. So now we're giving up multiple pieces to get one piece back that, you know, it's going to be really good if you got a Beal or Zach Levine. I get that. But I, I feel like this team with the way Joel is playing is just has so many good pieces. Give it 40 gate. Like, I don't know if, if, if they lose seven in a row, and we're 16 and 13 next week or whatever. I'll leave my words, but. We're winning games that we didn't win last year. And that's because Joel, I mean, Joel is fucking 31 in the first half tonight. Like, that's a pretty good half. Like, and I think my argument about being a more positive about Ben is it took the champions, and again, loss is a loss. It took Kawhi hitting a crazy shot in game seven. And again, we could have lost in overtime, not saying we won enough, to beat us with, yes, we had Jimmy, but we had a Ben that wasn't even nearly this good. Joel, that wasn't even this good. Toby wasn't playing this good. Shake wasn't playing this good. We didn't have Seibel. Like, we have such a better team now. Like, teams have to worry about Joel. Like, it's not going to be, oh, we need to create offense with Ben. How are you going to stop Joel? Then if you, if you, if you, if you double-team Joel, now you got Toby, Danny, Seth, and Ben. Like, I, got three, and I, got three ways, I got three ways you can stop Joel and beat in the playoffs. How's that? Kevin Durant, James Harden, and uh, Kyrie. Uh, Kyrie Irving. And that'll be the there's, that'll there's, be the there's three pretty big reasons and three ways that that you will stop Joel Embiid, and that's why we tried to get Harden. I mean, Daryl Morey knew, and that's what's nice about the Sixers now. It's having confidence. That's, that's, you can, you can run and go on that. Team I on think that's kind of where John and I are coming from in a way. And again, 
I'm not hating on Ben Simmons. I'm just saying that the Nets just got infinitely better overnight with the signing of James Harden. I mean, they're clear cut. So what are we going to do about it? With this, okay, if you're saying this is our lineup, what do we have to do? Let's do what Everyone needs, everyone's going to need to step it up. I mean, yeah, we're winning games we didn't win last year, but like, yeah, okay, so we're beating bad teams that we should have won last beat last year. We're a bad but team, we're the but now team. we are. How about so, that Pacers game? How about the Pacers game? Down 20 uh, against the fourth-ranked team in the Yeah, East. no, I I get it. I get it. Back-to-back back games. I mean, we're winning. We're not just beating teams that are 3 and 14. And I get it. But, but Saturday my, will be the test. My, my, the test. my head, is, my head is, is here. When we played the Lakers the other night, okay, good win. Good win, but think about a seven-game series with the Lakers playing the way we played that one single game. We're fucked. We're fucked. I don't know. I would disagree because last I checked, we won the game and they didn't. So I don't see how we're fucked. When they had their full lineup, we had our full lineup. Because we're going to win games in a seven-game series against them, but we're not going we're not, we're not to win the series the, the way that we played. We're just not. Okay, well – I mean, we scored more points than them. That's how you win the games. So it's like, I get it. I, I'm not saying we're going to win four out of seven. I mean, that's now we're talking about beating the arguably the GOAT, which is a whole nother ball of wax you can go into. I don't think getting James Harden is any different. That makes us any, oh, well, James Harden would have been an X factor, yes. How's but, it any different than 2001 Sixers winning the first game of the NBA Finals? And after that, they got blown the fuck out. So, you know, it. it just because you win one game doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I mean, I but think in a seven-game series, game, we can win. Sitting on them, look, they didn't beat the Lakers. You see, they can't even beat the Lakers. But so they do win, uh, well, it's not good enough. So that's what my thing. It's like, I get it. It's like we're choosing games. We shouldn't get too excited. There's another 50 games to go before the playoffs. We could finish fucking 30 and 40 for all the fuck we know. But all I'm saying is we've won five games in a row multiple times already. We're beating up on teams. Our starting five is 12 and 0, but yet this city still just is, well, no, you know. No, I, I think, I, I don't think that we're sitting here. I, I won't speak for Matt, but I think Matt and I are in agreement. I don't think we're sitting here, again, saying that the Sixers suck. I no. think we, we're sitting here saying the Sixers look, look good right now. They could be even better if Ben Simmons could do and fix some of these things. That we're all or this, waiting for, that, that we've all been waiting exactly, for. That we've been waiting for, for, Years and years and years now. It, this is I remember this argument for two years in your basement talking about this. Even when Joe Dark was – we brought up Joe Dark. Our NBA insider. Our NBA insider. Your, your our NBA expert your, analyst. Your NBA expert analyst. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Yeah. 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 Gian, Giannis is not better. Yeah. Okay. Sure. He's not, how, yeah. How, how's your boy Giannis doing now? How's he looking great? He's, Bill, I mean, Bill, how many MVPs has Joel Embiid won? Thank oh, you. Oh, Wait, oh, but stats don't matter, matter right? Stats don't matter. When stats do they matter? matter? When do they matter? Please tell me when they matter. Because they matter when it's convenient for Giannis, but when it's our player, stats don't matter. So it just has he, Bill, has he won yet? Has he won the MVP yet? No, but okay, if, when he wins the MVP yet, then we can we can say how much be, uh, of a better year that he's having. Well, you want to shit on the All Stars? That's fine. But how do you get an MVP? It's the fucking Writers Award that they vote for. It's not anything other than a popularity contest, too. That's See, what I, and that's so, the thing that bothers me about All Stars for Ben. That helps my hurts my narrative. But MVP. That's, the, that's the thing that bothers me about the, about this, though. That's the, you bring up a good point. The MVP. How Joel is like it's a personal goal of mine to win an MVP. Like. 
There is that's the fucking problem with some of these guys. They're worried, so focused on personal goals when this is a team sport and you should be focused on your team doing one thing, winning a fucking championship. How about, do we remember the whole thing with Ben Simmons and how he wasn't even a rookie? They won rookie of the year and that was like a big brouhaha. That, oh, big thing. Not, not that, you know, I'm sitting here gloating about it, but the entire you talk about the fan base, the entire fan base got into it and how they, Donovan Mitchell was so much uh, worse than Ben Simmons and Ben Simmons deserved it. He didn't even fucking play his rookie season. Doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, I do think that those awards are bullshit. But, again, when someone is going to come on our podcast – and tell me how much better Joel Embiid is than Giannis. And Joel Embiid, at that point, had not even sniffed the amount of playoff games that Giannis was in. That's not true because we beat them in the series before that year, but that's okay. I know we're trying to go with it. We beat the Bucs in the first round of the playoffs. That's okay. Right. Right. And how about the the, the last year? Last year we we didn't play the Bucs. Right, because we got blown out. Because Benny got hurt. Uh, oh, okay. Well, here we go. I feel like I'm talking to Jesse about Carson Wentz now. It's because he got hurt. Okay. Isn't there? Isn't there eleven other guys? Isn't there eleven other guys? But 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 I'm confused with your argument though, because a key player, our third, our second or third best player gets hurt. That's okay. And I want to say on the Sixers. But, yeah, but but yeah, but it also players that get hurt. Oh, well, how's that his fault? Yeah, it's but also also we but when we, a player we, gets hurt, it's their fault. We, like, we can't, we, we like forget everything. Yeah. Like, we forget though too. We, in certain things, but other things it's like, well, here we go with the injury bug again. Now, like, we I, we, no, we also forget that we, we got out coached in all these years in the playoffs too. I 100% mean, agree. We, 100% we, it, agree. It, it, it was, it was, it was a bigger issue than the players. It was what the players were schemed to do. And we were getting out flat out out coached. That, that's, I, that's a fair statement. However, I would argue that, when you have really good elite players, it can make up for shitty coaching. Agreed. Agree with that hundred percent. I do feel like I do feel like the NBA, you you do need a good coach, but there are teams that get away with winning with not such a great coach and really good players. You're, you're you know, right. I, I think good, good players cover up warts, and a coach will like maybe make a good timeout or a play call here and there at a pivotal point in the game. But the majority of the game is won by the talent here, right? And, and this is no surprise here that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid have been playing together for the past how many years? Am, am I wrong to say four years minus injuries? This has been this, this has been fourth year. This is going into Ben's fourth year. Okay, and, and this is his third third year playing. He missed his whole first year. This is Ben's okay. third year playing with and Joel. And it's the third year that the th- the big three of this team have been playing together. Uh, second year, second full, uh, yeah, third two and a half, no. two yeah, and yeah, a half, yeah, yeah correct, yeah. So it's not like it's it's not like we're like after the All Star break and some guy just got shipped over here and we're trying to make this work again. Nah. No, no, no. I mean, Daryl Morey said it. There's recently he literally said it's championship or bust this year. If we don't get a championship, it's just going to change. Like, and I agree with that. Like, we are in win now mode, but I and I guess what I'm relaying is is. I don't think there's a move coming to bolster this team other than like a JJ Redick or another stretch for like, like I'm hearing PJ Tucker's name, which we a great bench piece because we're led at the forward spot. But Harden was the shot. Like that was the white whale. And we missed this year. Like that's the reality. 
But Bill, would you have been happy with with James Harden and Ben Ben Simmons off this team? Because it sounds yeah. like today, as we were texting back and forth, that you are you are frustrated with people like me who are frustrated with Ben. Yet on the flip side, you're kind of like, well, we had our shot to replace him and we didn't, so we're stuck with him. And I'm I'm ride or die, which I mean I respect that. But at the same token, no, you're right. But this, at the same token, you were so okay with them getting rid of him makes me think like. You, you, I understand why you're defending him, and I get that. But you know, we don't see eye to eye on the flaw thing, which is no, fair. We do. Yeah, I, I downplay it too much. I downplay the flaw. I acknowledge that the flaw is major. It's a gash. And, and I think, and I, I think that Joel Embiid is playing very well so far this season. Third, twenty some games in already. Fine. But again, I'm not going to sit here and anoint him best player in the league. I'm not going to sit here and annoy him best center in the league. I'm not going to sit here and annoy him anyway. He has to do the same thing that I've been saying that Carson Wentz needs to do. And I understand the comparisons. The football and basketball are, are very far between, far at both ends of the spectrum. But consistency. They both need to be consistent. Joel Embiid is, is constantly – we saw tonight. He came down on his knee. Everyone goes – I mean, Becca turns to me and goes, oh, Joel Embiid's hurt. And it's like – it's the same thing, and we and we and we gotta gotta get consistent play, no bullshit. I think that's what Matt's kind of feeling like, and and I agree with him. The the no bullshit. Let's go win, cut the shit, play if your calf is hurt. Like let's get all this shit worked out because before you know it, the playoffs are going to be here, and it's it, it we can't have the calf strain, and yep. I'm ups, I'm upset that I'm not getting the ball, and this that and the other thing. All that shit's got to be worked out. And hopefully Doc Rivers is the guy that kind of puts the kibosh on that shit. Because remember, he's coached a big three before and a pretty big vocal, you know, I would argue, you know, but heavy personality, heavy personality guys. And do I think Ben Simmons is a heavy personality guy? Probably not. Joel Embiid probably is. I just don't know who else is going to be that vocal voice. I hope someone uh, does that for the Sixers. But again, like Joel Embiid, like I, I was never a big fan of Joel Embiid's because of the way he's played. And, you know, I see a little bit more aggressiveness from him this year. I mean, obviously he's putting up a lot more points. I mean, th- there's a different way that I would play. I would want him to play if I was a coach. But again, that's why, you know, Doc Rivers is a, a Hall of Fame coach and I'm, you know, sitting here on my couch. Playing in the post more, you have to say you got to say he's playing. In, I mean, not as much as I'd like, and I agree, but he's playing in there way more than last year. You have to give him the, that. The argument for that is I understand that the game has changed, and there isn't the prototypical big man, which I am accustomed to. I am accustomed to old school basketball. You set up an offense. Uh, your guy maybe make your big man maybe gets a screen. He rolls around. He's planted on the block. The ball the ball gets to him. And everyone rotates and everyone gets out of the way and he goes and does his thing. The one, the one, the one thing that I have seen tremendous improvement on, and I think it's it's there's only one there's it's it's that Doc Doc Rivers is the guy to thank for it is his ability to redouble teams now is light years better than than last year. I mean, that was the one thing that just drove me insane was you know sitting sitting at home watching it you saw it coming I mean you just saw it coming and he was there you know 
trying to do these spin moves behind the back, fucking dribbling between the legs. It's like the guys were just teeing off on him on the double team because he, he didn't know how to read the double team. And, and I think Doc has finally made that adjustment in him and coached him up in that area because that's the one way that guys were, you know, able to, to, to stop him. That was like his Achilles heel was like he didn't know how to properly read double teams and he was a turnover machine. Now that's 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 tremendously improved and it's 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 showing. I mean, it's showing in in everyone else's stats, too. I mean, they're using it to their advantage now. It's, it's almost like how Jimmy Lynham used to utilize Charles Barkley. It was like he always says he goes if if basketball had hockey assists, Charles Barkley would be like the the bona fide like you know leader in hockey assists and basketball because it was just like he knew how to read the double he knew how to sniff them out better than anyone and it turned into you know of of extra extra opportunities for his teammates and he knew what teammates to get the ball to at at what times i I just get concerned and I, i know here's here's my negative spin that you know you guys you know, I, 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 I make fun of you guys for being so negative. My negative aspect of this whole thing is my nightmare, my nightmare scenario is this team gets into the Eastern Conference Finals and we need someone to take over or we need that shot from Ben Simmons and he's got eight feet and he doesn't take it. You know what I mean? Like that. No, that I know. That's it's not negative. It's not negative, John. It's a. I mean, like, I, 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 you know, I, I want to sit here and say I'm hope to, hopefully optimistic, but I got news for you. It's if a I was concerned, I was. If I was a betting man, I'd say the guy is not going to shoot the three. You know what I mean? Like he hasn't done it yet. He ain't going to do it. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's and that's the big thing. Like we, we all sit here. We want championships. We want we want Easter Conference Finals. I get that. I'm with you. All on board. But when when that time comes and and we need a shot. Okay, to your point, Bill, it'd probably be Tobias. But if they're going to cover Tobias and they're going to cover Joel and, you know, maybe Seth, Seth or Danny Green aren't hitting their shots, is, is Ben going to be that guy to maybe take a foul line jumper? I don't think so. I don't think so. We'll, we'll see. That's what we're going to find out. And then if he doesn't and he costs the team, you know, that's when guys get traded. And I don't think guys like Daryl Morey are going to put up with guys who don't play the game the right way. I mean, he likes shooting, so – Hell, Ben could be gone in, in, in two weeks for all we know. Yep. And to go back to your previous thing, what you said, I mean, whatever, is where I go with Ben is, is like I said, like, like Doc said, I was in that, cat, in that group where I was okay turning Ben for James Harden because James Harden is way better than Ben Simmons. Like, I'm acknowledging that's a fact. What I'm saying is I don't know what other player we're going to get to his caliber for him. So why give that up to get – because because – yeah, yeah, I would love to get him for Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is probably the second best – is the best two guard in the NBA right now. He ain't going anywhere. Okay, I want Zach Levine. Zach Levine, they literally want to build their team around him in Chicago now. He's 28 a game. He ain't going anywhere. How about Devin Booker? You think he's going anywhere? So my point is there's no star player we're going to get for Ben. So what, like, we seem to accept the fact that he's going to be here this year unless something crazy happens unforeseen and Beal just gets whatever, but – Almost out of D.C. or Zach Levine demands a trade. But other than that, there really isn't a star player. I mean, we can go through every team and gladly, but there's nobody that fits this team on a two-guard level or a point-guard level that we could get. 
So it's like, well, that's where my brain goes with this to, to, from your previous thing a little bit. It's like, well, I was on board with James Harden because he's probably the best scorer next to KD in the league right now. Okay, we can't get him, but like we went for him. We, we offered our, our best asset, Ben. They didn't want him. Okay, well, I, like he's our guy now. Like we have to, I don't know. I'm just trying to be positive with the situation that we made a move, didn't work out. Ben's not pouting, saying, trade me. I mean, maybe behind the scenes, I don't know, but it's not even on the court looks pretty good. He's being professional about that. Again, like, I'm not trying to say you should get a cookie, you get paid 30 some million a year, that's plenty. But, like, those things get overlooked because you don't think he would get destroyed if he didn't die for loose ball still or, like, whatever. Like, if, the, if he did anything not full strength, the city would rip his heart out. Oh, look, see? He, you know, he was a part of a trade package. and now. But, but aren't those I, table stakes? Aren't those stable stakes, Bill, like hustling, like, you know, playing deep? Like, that's what I mean. Like, these are all, like, things in your toolbox that you should bring to basketball. Like, I'm not sitting here and saying, like, he, you know, you're saying, like, oh, if he didn't hustle, we would kill him. Like, everyone should hustle, not just Ben Simmons. Like, everyone on the team shoots. We just watched James Harden, like, complain his way out of – uh, out of Detroit, we watched Russell Wilson complain his way out of Houston. We watched Chris Paul complain his way out of Houston and out of LA. We watched all these disgruntled stars, and I'm not saying Ben's to that level yet, but they're paying him almost to that level, basically. And he, to me, being a professional about this, going out there every day and doing his job. Now, again, I know his job does include scoring the basketball as well, and he's not doing that. So, yes, he is not doing his job to the best of his abilities. I acknowledge that, but. What I you know with, with, with the exception of tonight, with him not being out there, when obviously we could we, we could really use him out there because our offense is not the same without him because he's our best facilitator, and that's what I'm saying is he's gotten really good at getting us in the offensive sets we want to be in, and like those are things that you guys playing ball understand. Like there's just things that a guy like him bring to the court, and you and and, and they're going to scoff at this when I say it. He brings a lot of the intangibles. He's a six ten guy bringing the ball up. I can see over the entire defense. And yes, I agree. If he could shoot, he would be unstoppable, but he does a lot of other things really good. And he's our player. Like we've drafted him. Like, yeah, he's not scoring as well, but he's not, I hate when they say he's regressing. He's not regressing in the player. He's not, he's not regressing. He's, he's just standing. not progressing. Yeah. He's, he's standing for even keel. He's even keel. I would say maybe a slight uptick because the turnovers are going down, but I understand he's not, on a great trajectory. I acknowledge the that. The frustrating thing is you see flashes of how dominant he could be. And it's You're just right. not, to John's point, it's not consistent. And I, I would just wish it was more consistent. And I get it. If there's one basketball. We got Embiid out there. We've got other scorers out there that need to touch the ball to get them in rhythm and stuff like that. But I just feel like there's sometimes where he's – he show it's like man. I just I just I sit here thinking sometimes, man. Why can't we get more of this? What's happening right now in this one quarter of basketball, or these, or this one half that he puts together that is just dominant, aggressive, just it, you know, um, you know, scoring, going to the basket at will and scoring, or or you know, picking up loose balls or or forcing turnovers consistently and just being a dominant asset out there that is like a game he he's not always a game changer to me scoring at will like you just said i just just feel like he's just not like he's not 
he's not a game changer to where like guys on the opposite side of the ball are like there there are it, it, it's 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 a it's a big concern to them it's 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 they're not it's it's not like when Embiid's out there like 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 there's there are things that opposite the opposite team has to do whenever Joel Embiid's out on the floor that they need to it 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 alters their their scheme it alters it's it's a it's a huge problem i just don't think they see ben simmons as like a huge game changer or a huge uh a huge problem to where like he's just they just they know he can take over a game whenever he wants we see flashes of it but it's not like he can do it at will and i just hope that i just hope that that can change and it's just it's just one of those frustrating things again like it, yeah, John, you're right. Like the football basketball thing is not, but we've talked about it before. Like it's the same stuff that we talk about with Carson Wentz. It's like, we see the flashes. We've, we've seen how great he can be. And it's just, it's just so frustrating because yeah, we're tired of waiting we're, and we're fucking stuck with them. It's like, whether we like it or not, whether we're ha- we're a hater or we're, you, we see the glass half, half empty or half full with this guy. It's like, we're stuck with him. So it's like, I'd rather see him work out than not work out. But it's, it's just, if if they were, sorry, no, it's okay. It's just to sit here and watch it. You know, it's just, it gets, it's very, it's very frustrating at times. If, if they literally called his agent to tell him he was about to get traded and he was not traded I find it very hard to believe that a guy like that's going to stay. Well, I mean, I mean, he might be right. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I mean, he's still our best trade chip. But like I said before, it's, it's you know not equal to the Carson thing because Carson's whatever. Get a third team, Bill. You can, you can, you can make a trade and get a superstar with a third team involved. But who was? But like that's what I'm saying. Like, like we have this notion that teams just want to. Why do you want to give up Bradley Bill when he's 28 a game? Like, why are you going to give that up? Well, first of all, I agree with you. The more I read is that Bradley Beal doesn't want to be traded. No, he's – But I'll tell you what, he he looks miserable on the bench. I mean, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure if if Daryl Morey called, uh, I think he'd be a little happier. But, you know, I'm not him. I don't know how happy he is uh, having Westbrook uh, playing. No, he likes it. He's about D.C. Like, he came from a tough upbringing, and he's like – he's plugged into D.C. like Joel's plugged into Philly. Like, yeah, they could go. But just got to get real crazy for him to want out of there. Like, and, and then that's my thing. It's like, like you said, Matt, we're stuck with Ben. Like, I don't think there's any superstar. You're not going to get Dame Lillard. You're not going to get, like I said, all these guys. I mean, they're, I mean, I, it, like, I, like, there's just nobody that's good enough to get out there. Like, I mean, I, I don't want to trade Ben for, for Victor Oladipo. I just don't. He's not a, he's not, like, 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 that's what we're like looking at. So it's like, my thing is, yeah, I would love to trade Ben for Booker or, or one of these shooters, but it ain't going to happen. So it's like I'm not just going to give him up to give him up. Like it's it's silly to do that. He's he's still a top NBA player. He's still a top 25 NBA player, whether you want it without shooting or not. And you can disagree all you want, but he's a top NBA player still. He just oh, he is. He, he is. He, so he it's, is. It's so just like so. Why give that up just to get you know? You know, I don't because know. ultimately, I feel my fear is is that he's Fuck. not he's not the player that Joel Embiid needs. No, like, he, he's not. A he's pimp. not. He can't be. A, he's 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 proven. 
He's not a Pippen because he can't, you know, get you eight, you know, but he, but he's shown flashes where he scored eight, you know, that's the thing that's man. And that's the frustrating thing. That is, that's where my frustration is. And that's where Doc and Daryl are probably going crazy behind the scenes. Like Sam Cassell's like his personal, like coach, basically that like, I, you know, that they're probably like, give us time. And if we do this for 40 games or the full season, you don't do it, then get them out. But I got to think, Again, if we somehow could get a top NBA star, if if tomorrow Kyrie was available for trade, yeah, I would trade fucking. I actually would trade him for Kyrie. I probably would. <laughs> but um, like, uh, barring anything from that happening, like I don't want to trade him for Julius Randle. Like seriously, <laughs> like those are the kind of players you're gonna get. I mean, but anything, like, like that's who you're looking at. A player like that. What, what, do you want? Do you want him? Do you want Wiggins for him? No. Russell? Like no. those are the tier players that are available at the, at the deadline usually. So it's like the Jimmy Butler situations are very obscure. And we already have one of those this year with Harden. So I don't think there's going to be another one. Buckle up. We're going to ride or die with Ben this year, probably. And hopefully we can get JJ. Maybe it'd be a bench piece. But I mean, this is going to be our lineup. Can I throw a name out there and you probably laugh? What about Goran Dragic? Not for Ben. But and, and only two because the Heat love him. Like he's. I was gonna say he's a big piece of that lineup he's, down there. He, he's he's their heart and soul. I would maybe yeah, think would. about it though, John. I would think about it. I would consider it because he's a scorer and he got balls and he's a point guard. He, he I mean, I'm just him. thinking of uh, of guys him, De'Aaron Fox. I know De'Aaron Fox for him is probably a uh, you know kind of a, a, a little bit of a step down. Probably he's probably a little bit more of an unknown, but a guy I would I would think about. But they, I mean, but they just they they making him the corner of their franchise too. They just gave him a supermax, five year, hundred and eighty mil. So, so I'm saying, like, the guys that we're gonna want, I don't think are gonna be available. But again, things change in twenty games when teams are twenty games below five hundred. You never know. I mean, so that's you know who I would take for him maybe is CJ McCollum. I would consider consider that CJ McCollum. I would I would trade for him if CJ wanted out. But he's come pretty back, come back to the Lee or he went to Lehigh, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, what he about did. Kyle Lowry? A hundred percent. I think I would. If, I mean, that, that's what I mean. Like, I think there's guys, I think there are guys out there. I think you might have to give up a little bit more. Like you said, maybe you have to give up, you know, Maxi and Ben and Thibel, maybe a pick or something. But again, but like, now, but now that's not worth it to me for one player like Kyrie, because you're Maxi. I don't mind as much because rookies are, aren't, but Thibel is, I know you know he's good. He is a big bench piece, and he's going to come in and eat up a lot of minutes in the playoffs you watch because he just can defend, and that is so fucking huge in the half court in the playoffs, you guys know. I think giving up five. It's, 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 it's huge. It's huge. Like, like so I'm, I'm okay giving up Thibault and Ben, but if I do that, I want a Devin Booker or a Zach Levine. Like, I want a baller if I'm going to give it. Like, Kyle Lowry, to me, for those two, I'd want another piece from them. That's pretty good. Maybe, you know, like I wouldn't just want that for Kyrie and the others, you know, so it's, but that's the name I've seen floated out there too, is Kyle Lowry. But, but he's another guy that like said, he wants to retire a Raptor, but who I mean, but again, if they keep losing, you don't know, maybe mm-hmm. he wants to get out. So that, I mean, that's the unknown, but as it sits today, I just don't feel like we're going to get anything worth value. So why just give them away to give them away? You know, can you tra- can two guys get traded twice in one year or no? Is that is there something against that? Probably not. I'm gonna say probably probably rules against that. I would think. I know people hate Russell Westbrook too. I know, but I there 
something I really like about him. You, well, you, you like his motor, but I don't like him on that team because he's the epitome of, hey, he scored 47 against the net to beat them, but he scored 15 and 12 the next two games. And you're going to pay him $40 million now for that? So he's Ben Simmons, but he'll have one big game every three or four games for you. So it's like now you're tied up with a guy who can't shoot and doesn't stop shooting. Like he has that next one going in mentality. That one game. Yeah, I saw, it would be frustration the other way. The it one would, game Washington oh. I saw when he played against us, he was from three, was two for 13, chucking him up still. Like, fuck. Imagine that in Philly, two for 13 in the game. He's fucking launching him and making 40 mil. Forget it. He, 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 he'd say, fuck you, Bob Cooney. <laughs> in the <laughs> <business>. <laughs> Bob Cooney. Shout out to one of our uh, Padres. One of our colleagues. I haven't worked together quite just yet, but we might. You know, our paths yeah. might meet. Our paths old, might you know, Eagles pressers or, you know, if we, you know, if we ever have a quarterback in this town again, but who knows? Who knows? Are we having a cigar time this episode, too? We might, we, we might need one, John. We might need one. We might need one. I, I, hope, I hope our I cigar aficionado. We need to that, shift the gear. We need to shift the gear now. Yeah, John got us all fired up. It's oh, just, yeah, yeah. I got it. It was a nice, tough love. It was a nice, God, tough love. Nice, John. I'm just joking. And no, you know what? No, the tough love, Matt, was the insultingness. How you insulted my fanhood was the insulting part. Well, here's my thing. I and mean, we can go. Why don't we go get you new internet first? How do we do that? How do we go get you new internet? We start there. <laughs> we'll trade Ben Simmons for uh, uh, the Xfinity uh, yeah. power pack. Maybe it's your background that's affecting your audio. <laughs> yeah, no drink comment. that. Drink that no, Coca Cola. No comment. Oh, I, I can. I can go <laughs> Bill looks like Bill looks like uh, he's in uh, on on the set of Ready Player One or some show. Like Jesus. Good, Bill. Good. I'll let you. What I attacked earlier is. I just find it really interesting to have a fan of your diehardness mm-hmm. be so against a player for whatever reasons you have, mm-hmm. but yet you ignore all of his achievements or belittle them, but at the same time attach those achievements to a man in a suit. It's just beyond me. And that's what I was saying. I question: are you a fan of the jersey or the front office more? Because Carson played his heart out that 17 season. And I'm not defending the guy at this point, but what I'm saying is I acknowledge 17 doesn't happen without him, nor does last year winning the division without how he played. But he gets no, no, any kind of pass. But the, but the guy who picks players is, well, you know, he, he deserves a shot. And he probably does, whatever, whether he does or doesn't, he's going to be here. But just to me, with that much you love that team, I don't get how you can't be supportive of Carson at any point given way. Like, and that, because I, I'll tell you why I look at it this way. I really didn't look at Howie Roseman as much as I do now previously, like Chip Kelly years. I was all about the coach, right? I was, I was happy for Chip Kelly. I thought it was going to be a, a, a youth movement. When, when all of the shit went down with Chip Kelly and what he did to Howie Roseman, I, I thought was a little odd. I think everyone could sort of understand why you think that's odd. Why would a coach, a new one, talk to the, the, the owner and be like, now, nah, you know what? Screw this guy who's been here for 10 years. 
We're going to put him in a closet and I'm going to take over. When that happened and it blew, basically blew up in Chip Kelly's face and they fired Chip Kelly and they came back with Howie Roseman, basically, uh, you know, the undertaker gif, you know, rising from the dead and doing what he did with literal, literal slop. Right. Um, you had the blinders on, you don't realize how many uh, good players were already on this team after Chip got fired. Jason Peters was here. Oh, Zach Byron Jenkins. Maxwell, Kiko Alonso, DeMarco Murray. Okay. Michael Jenkins, Darren Sproles. Can we go right, on? right. And listen, listen. I, can you let me finish? Yeah. Like, so, so let's let's back up to where I was. Chip Kelly gets fired. Howie Roseman rises from the dead. Okay, with slop. Right. Trades Byron Maxwell. Trades Kiko. So trades Kiko Alonso. Ends up moving up the draft, getting um, Carson Wentz. Dra- drafting a couple pieces in there, going out and getting a couple free agents, right? And I'm just I'm just talking 16 right now, right? And then into 17, making moves for guys like Patrick Robinson, um, um, Legarrette Blunt, Jay Ajayi, um, and, and a litany of others that I not a litany, but a few other guys to to create that roster, right? So the guy Al gets John, a, the guy John gets Jeffrey. a second chance, right? The guy the, the guy gets a second chance because he, they, they, the owner is like, fine, you're going to go in the closet. Then you know what? You're back, and and here it, it's your car keys. Go drive. And this is what he did. He got a second chance, right? Carson Wentz plays in 17, does great, gets hurt, comes back in in, in 18, and what happened to him? He got hurt again. So and then, so, no, no. So then what did Howie do? So then what did Howie do? Give him a five year deal. Okay, just add that into your spiel, please. Well, and and okay, John, well, he's allowed. He's allowed to get paid. That's fine. Okay. Fine. Everyone's deserving for their money. Fine. Okay. But but again, like the guy, the guy got a second chance, and look what he's done to it. Like from a from a perspective of just a human, I think that's a great story, right? Has he done some things that I question? Absolutely. I'm not. I'm not sitting here, you know, banging the drum. I know you guys make fun of me for it, but. Uh, he's got flaws like everyone, but to sit here and to constantly kill him, like he's not out there missing the screen passes. He's not out there missing plays. He's not out there with, you know, the, the torn ligaments. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he's not missing on draft picks. Uh, right. And signing the wrong players. And, and like I said, he's made some mistakes. My whole point of this is, Bill is killing me because I he thinks I'm a suit guy. And what I'm saying is I'm a champion for a guy who has a second chance. Carson Wentz has had how many chances to come back from injury, to be in the offseason and gain 20 pounds, to refocus, to get getting wet well, we would argue the weapons. And, and, and what? It's and and what is it now? Now we're in year four with him, five. And it's I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm I'm disgruntled with the organization. They screwed me. Screw off. And what I say to that is no. Screw you. You signed a contract to be the face of this franchise. It comes with some respect. It comes with some honor. And sometimes you got to take shit in the face. And if you're not going to take shit in the face, and you don't want to be here when it, we're having a shitty season, and you don't want to be here for the next rebuild, 
then you know what? Pack your bags. We'll find a second or third round pick for you, and we'll we'll start somebody else. If you don't want to be here, I don't want you here. Well, and that, is that is that Howie Roseman's fault that he doesn't want to be here? That's well, a decision that he makes. Well, and let's 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 go back to the slop that that Howie resurrected. So, Malcolm Jenkins, the slop. Uh, Kelsey's an All Pro center who could go in the Hall of Fame as slop. Um, Jason Aaron. Peters is slop. Brandon Brooks is slop. Uh, Brandon uh, Brandon Graham is slop. Uh, Lane Johnson is slop. Darren Sproles, Zach Ertz. Uh, Zach Ertz is slop. Like to to say that Howie in 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 you know, inherited this dog shit team is, is such a, a, an utter fabrication. Okay. That was a, that was a team that was being poorly coached that, that he, he put up, he made some changes and he put some pieces in, but 60% of that route, 60, 70% of that roster of the, the starters that made a difference in that run were on that team. When Howie Roseman got back to power, I mean, outside of what, how, how do you can I can I can I argue with this Jesse because I can't let you tell me that something like that has blessed me when I have guys on my list Sam Bradford, DeMarco Murray, Riley Cooper, um, oh God, Benny Logan, De, um, Byron Maxwell, Nolan Carroll. Um, Benny I'm Logan pretty, was a good piece of our defense in the Super Bowl. Benny Logan was, was a contributor. <laughs> Oh, the biggest th- one of the biggest thieves in Philadelphia sports history, Namdi Asamoah. Benny that- Logan wasn't on our Super Bowl team, by the way. But but that's oh no, I'm thinking of Bo Allen. I'm thinking of Bo. Think of Bo Allen, right? Oh, wow. So like, my point of that was th- those those guys, the decisions that he made to once Chip was once Cowie was out, and you guys argue well, well, like, ch- ch- uh when uh, Howie Roseman was around, Andy Reid was making the picks. Well, for those two years, Chip Kelly, so, so-called, was the guy, right? And he had, oh, we need to go get Sam Bradford. We need to get DeMarco. We do all shit. Fuck that. He had shit. And he had to take guys like that, and he had to go and get a guy like Carson Wentz. That, I will admit, helped us win a Super Bowl. He helped us win a Super Bowl. I've never not denied that. And when Bill said today, like, what are you doing? What were you doing in 2017? Were you not rooting for the team? I was like, well, first of all, Bill, you dope. I was like, I, I watched. Oh, there it is. I watched like three games. I watched like three games literally with you. I, I remember specifically being Matt's house. And I think it was the Chargers game where LeBaron Blunt went out. And I literally texted you that night because I stopped at Wawa and got those delicious cinnamon oh my buns God. and ate two of them. Cinnamon buns. That was right. the late in the game. That was the highlight yes. of the night. That was the highlight of the night. So, like, again, like, I, I don't sit here and, and, and say that I'm not a fan at all. I, I'm a fan of – I'm a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm a fan of every player in their t- on, this, on that team. But, like, when a guy, to, to Matt's point from the beginning, is drafted here and seems to be, like, he's very, like – not doesn't seem like he's getting much better to me. He's yeah, he might show flashes here and there, but really not showing me at 24 right now and at the at the prime of Joel Embiid's career where they kind of want to win championships. You got to sh- buck up. And Carson Wentz for four years, this this fan base is tired of it. And now the icing on the cake is I don't want to be here. Well, guess what? You don't want to be here. We don't want you here. That's how we are in Philly. You don't want to be here. Leave. This we believe this is the best place to play. 
And, you know, it's an honor to play here and it's a privilege to play here. But, John, to your – I mean, half of the fan base was ready to ship him out after Nick Foles won the Super Bowl in 2017. They wanted him gone then. You know what? That's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. That, like, half of the city was never behind him. So to act like everybody was That's, behind him the whole time and then, like – you, th- you don't think coming back from injury in, in, in 18 people don't – people weren't excited to have him back and, don't, and, and weren't ready? You, no, you I think, think – when you would listen to the radio and you read stuff, half of the fan base and half of the stu- you would hear on the radio was they they messed up. It should be Nick. We should have. I, I don't. Him. I don't know if the if the if the fan base on the radio is, you know, I don't know how much of that is a large percentage of the fan base. Yeah, because they are people who who wait online for an hour. It's like, oh my god, how do you wait on hold for an hour to? Get I mean, we got guys right now waiting online for us. We just, we mean, just can't get to. We never, we never John, you one of the guys. John, talking. That's right. You were one of the guys that was like in at the end of 2017. We should trade. We should trade Carson. We should. We should keep Foles. Like you were one of those guys. No, no, so I, no, no, like, no, 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 no. Absolutely incorrect statement. I was in Bill's basement. Go back to. I forget what episode it is, and I and I on record saying this: signing Nick Foles. They should have signed Nick Foles. Oh, great background. Signing Nick Foles should have been a priority as an insurance policy because because Carson Wentz could not stay healthy. That was it. I never said he should be starting quarterback. I said they should have gave him a five year deal, or, or I'm sorry, I'll do the math: four years for five million apiece. Give him a twenty million dollar signing bonus. Make it all guaranteed. He could have been here for for. The, the last couple years we needed insurance. And that's my argument to this, this past year's draft with Jalen hurts. And that's exactly why they did it because if they knew that if Carson Wentz wasn't as good as he, he was supposed to be, they at least had something to fall back on. They don't think Nate Sutfeld is the guy. I don't know why they tendered him a second round pick. That's a, that's a fault of Howie Roseman. However, they need insurance for this guy. Well, and I mean, again, they, if he doesn't want to be here, if he doesn't want to, if he doesn't want to have the workout regimen, and he doesn't want to be, you know, he wants to be coddled to or catered to, and all these things that everyone's saying that are coming out now, and, and people are putting their names on them, it's pretty apparent to me that he is part of the problem. Well, John, like I, I'm usually the in camp kill Howie, but I mean, they put a second round tender on him because they were hoping a team would be dumb enough to bite on it. Well, you know, I, I mean, it, I, I can't, I, I can't make excuses for some of the things he does. I'm with you guys. I get it, but well, I'm not going to sit here and just like crush him over. Well, it's like the saints. They put a first round tender on, um, on, uh, what's his nuts. Take some hill. Yeah. They put a first round tender on him. Like, well, I think they look at, they look at Winston. I heard today they, they look at, they love Winston and I'm like, well, Taysom Hill's a free agent. So I guess they're going to roll a Jameis Winston. I, 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 I don't I think know. on his deal, Taysom. I think better than them, Moss. But no, I mean, I, I, I think, I think a lot of this is just and 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 you know how he takes the, the blunt the blunt of it because the reality is is that's what the general manager does. It's you know when the ship hits the iceberg, you go after the captain, not the men on you know holding the oars. All right. So that's I mean that's the reality with. You know, when he rose from the dead Undertaker style, that's great. He showed his second act. But when you when you grab the mic, you you know, you're on the stage now. Like this isn't, hey, yeah. keep looking at 17. Like, I get it. 18, we went all in. Carson got hurt. Nick almost hit the day again. We're one catch away from being back to NFC championship game, win or loss. That's another amazing feat to have. And that's great team. 
So then, so then, but the issue is with, and, and this is where as a fan, when you're four and 11, you, you have time to nitpick little shit like this, but it's not little shit, but it, 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 it is when you're a fan. It's like this whole time since 17, when you have an aging roster, good teams filter in young players or, or hit or, or sign on younger veterans. Like I get the whole thing about going, going all in, but like, we, 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 I don't know. Like, I feel like we, we like did a half ass job of it because we're coming out the other end. Like with, well, real- it's a, it's a coin flip bill. It's, it's either, it's going to work or it's not going to work. I mean, and that that's not, it didn't and, work. And, but, but the reality is, is, I mean, cause Brian Westbrook was on the Mike Miss show. Shout out to another colleague um, that Shout out, West. they played the roster thing. And out of 53 players, Brian Westbrook and, and the, and the show people, Picked five players that they thought would be on other teams if the Eagles cut today. If we cut 53 players, the entire team, we felt five players would get picked up on waivers, like the first go through. And that's like being like, that's what's reality is when you have a 53 man roster and there's five, maybe six guys that are like worth being on your team, like that's a kind of a big issue. Like this isn't like, hey, we need a corner and a linebacker on D and a receiver. Another left tackle. It's okay. it's a rebuild. I, I I don't disagree with that. It's a rebuild. It's it's basically what happens with and I and I brought it up today on the text chat. It's basically what happening right now at the 49ers. They're a perfect example. They are getting depleted by players, they are getting depleted by coaches. And that's exactly what's happening to us. Except now we don't have we're cutting the head off. We're I mean, we're cutting, we got rid of the coach. All the, the the coaches around him, basically, except for one or two, and maybe a small group of core guys come back. And then, to Jesse's point about Howie, we're going to cut some cap stuff. We're going to make cap moves. We're going to get. We're going to cut good players that are going to sign elsewhere, and we're going to start from the bottom again, because that's what your teams have to do in the NFL to at least stay relevant and to. And I shouldn't say stay relevant to be consistent moving forward in the future. They went all in. It was a, it was a, it was a bad poker play. They, they didn't do a good job of it. And, and if they would have done a good job of it, we could have had two, we could have had a ring, maybe another ring, Could have back to back or, or, or two out of three. And, and, and I think that is something that you at least want your general manager to do. I think it's sort of reminiscing of the Phillies in their, um, quest to win another world series going after guys like Roy holiday and getting more pieces to go back to back. And I think, I don't think you can fault him for that. I mean, at least he's trying. I mean, would you have won him the lot to, to, to screw everything up uh, right at, after the end of 17 and say, you know what? Um, I think we're just going to, we're going to lose Jim Schwartz, Frank Reich. And um, we're going to, we're going to rebuild. We're going to we're going to get rid of our our off our defensive line and we're going in a different direction. And we're going to suck for three years. I would have rather see give them a chance and see it now and like see them back then. Go for it like they did. Otherwise, I think it's kind of like it's kind of shitty. It's kind of like um, false advertising. Now at least you know what the deal is. We're sh- we were shitty last year. We're a shitty team. And you know what? At least they they made the decision to not keep this going longer than it may have with Doug and, and these players. 
not saying Doug's the the main culprit, but again, they made a decision to get rid of him, which is a you know trickle down effect for everybody else. So you agree? Great, awesome. Oh, I'm sorry, you were talking. I how far I blacked out. I blacked out. No, I think I think you said it earlier when we were having our very cordial non name calling debate earlier. Uh, insult, insulted, insult. I was in. I, I was highly, highly insulted. How and how you took it? I and that's why I prefaced it with this is not meant to be intentional. But as a fan, it was just very crazy that. But ignoring that aspect of it, I think you said it extremely well earlier. That this is what happens when we hit the fatigue level that we're at with this team. Mm-hmm. And to me, like. Like there's just too many things about this team and how we being one of the constants that if we're doing the fresh start, why not rip it down from the GM spot? No GM in NFL history has had hired three coaches. How he has, you know, it's not like he's had multiple Super Bowl runs or any, any he's had, we we've won. He's never won a game without Nick Foles as his quarterback in the playoffs in 10 years as a GM. So maybe that he's was coming back. back. Maybe What's he's coming that? back. Uh, listen, if he does, I'm on. I'll buy. I'll buy a jersey day one. I mean it. I, I already it. got one's order for you guys. I love it. Oh my god! Um, but uh, but I think still, that's you're still getting a Jason Peters jersey. Fuck off! You're getting Jason Peters on one side, Deshaun Jackson on the other. That's well, good. I, I needed. An, I needed something to, to wash my car with. I needed a new rag. <laughs> needed paper. No, it's a bath mat. You can wipe your ass with it. Oh my god. <laughs> Nah, nah. Jason yeah, I mean, Peters doesn't deserve I, you that. You know, we can go with the 2021 Frank. But last thing I'll say is all oh, about this is um, I think the fan base was ready for a fresh start, and we're not stupid. And I feel like I and this is me. I'm not going to speak for anybody else, but I feel like the others might feel similar to this. Maybe not exactly, but maybe that our owner doesn't really get how in tune we are as a fan base when he makes a lot of asinine comments like being, Oh, we have five guys that'll be a GM. All right. Well, let's have one of them make some good moves in there. And I think what the reality is, is you can't sell the fan base saying, listen, okay, timeout. We went all in, we did our job trying to make every move we can, but we failed. Not only did we, we fail. We're so over the cap. We have to cut the handful of good players that we do have. So we're going to do a complete overhaul but don't worry, the guy that put us in this spot is going to be back because his first three-year run with Andy, we didn't make the playoffs. So they bring in Chip, make the playoffs once, Chip an ass, whatever, alienates players. Howie doesn't make the playoffs, but then he makes it the two years with 16, 17, and 18, and now back to 18, 19, 20 of no playoff wins, but yet, like, I, I don't see where I'm supposed to be confident in that, bro. Like, I just – like, it's not like he had a – you know, two, you know, in 2012 and 13, we were in the playoffs. We were 4-12. and 12. That's why I got Andy got fired. We were, like, what, like 7-9, and 4-12 his first two years, and I get it. He was a new guy to the job. Then, then he hires Chip with Jeffrey. Both of them were involved. That backfired in his face big time, so I get it. He don't want to let control up. But my point is, is if we're selling everybody on a fresh start, why not bring in a guy? But I understand the reality is 
that we're stuck with Carson until he's traded, if at all. So I'm assuming that Jeffrey's thinking, I would hope logically, is like, you're tied to Carson, Howie. If Carson succeeds, you're good. If you can't, if we got to eat Carson for a couple years and he sucks, you're going to have to probably go because that's just how the NFL is, man. Like, GMs get fired for this, ignoring the fact he's made a lot of other, like, we gave up a six round pick, like that, that, that text that Jesse said. For, for for Deshaun Jackson when they were trying to cut him. Like, everybody in the league knew they were looking to cut him. And then in comes Howie. Oh, I'll take a sixth-round pick. We don't need it. We don't need and it. And the guy they used the sixth-round pick for has been a, has had a better career since. So, or, again, it's not fair to make one. Or let's, let's, I mean, when Scotty Miller uh, gets his stats off, let's, let's, let's relax. So we're just saying, like, it's a culmination of things. When you hear, like, oh, the Eagles need to trade back because they need – they're, you know, they're, they're light on picks. Well, these are the multiple things trading up for Carson Wentz, trading up for Dallas Goddard, you know, trading away, you're trading picks to get veteran players that Dillard. aren't paying out. Like I get trading it, up for interest, bro. but these are like a lot of things that just keep adding and adding and adding. And it's just like, all right, well, we're like, I get 17 was a great year, but since 17, like, what are you doing? That's good. Like, please tell me, like, tell me. Well, I, you made the comment about not having confidence in him, and I, and my whole thing is, well, I, before Chip Kelly, I really didn't think about Howie Roseman, and now after watching what he did and what he was able to accomplish, which, again, I'm not just saying it's all Howie. I'm assuming that those other people, including Don Swanski and the owner, collectively – made those decisions, including coaches as well. Let's not, let's not forget coaches here. I don't, I don't necessarily think guys like Howie are really making decisions on guys without coaches input, but I think the confidence level that you don't have is where I question, because again, the guy brought a championship to the city. Like what have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers been doing for the past five or six years? Okay. You could argue they drafted Mike Evans. They have, you know, God, God, Godwin, Goodwin, or however you want to say it, or how you really say it. They've drafted some good linebackers, and they have a core of players. Fair, fair, fair statement. But they haven't been in the playoffs in the last five or six years. No, they haven't. Years are, well, I think it's eighteen years. They haven't been in for eighteen years, I think, or like they haven't been in the playoffs in like at least at least fifteen years. And what do they do? They go out and they get the the arguably the best quarterback of all time. His number two. He's his number one target. Uh, they bring in Antonio Brown, which you could argue if he's helped or not, and a couple pieces around it, and look where they are. So, like, would you rather have Jason Lich, Leitch as your GM with 18 years of nothing and the hope now of this one or two years of Tom Brady's career, and then after that you're like, I don't know, or would you rather have a guy who – has had his set, ha, had his chance to sort of see the light a little bit, was able to rebound, bring a championship, and is now getting the opportunity to rebuild it again. I just I, I look at that and I go, I'd rather have Howie because at least he's trying, whether or not he 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 has hit home runs on everything, no, but it, when you look at teams like I always bring up Lions, I always, you know, I think of Tampa Bay Buccaneers is a good example. You go 18 years without being in the playoffs we would be burning the stadium down at least every year since the Super Bowl. We've 
we've been in the talk. We've been, we've, we've, we've gotten almost into the playoffs. You know, even this year, you could argue, I know it, it's a joke, but like, you know, w- until the last like four or five games, we were still in it. You know what I mean? I, I, you know, the last week. But, but, until John, Dallas, and, Dallas, we- but every year since the Super Bowl, the team has gotten worse. And every year since the Super Bowl, his, his decisions and choices on rosters and, and the, the, the trades that he's made, the signings that he's made, the draft picks he's made, the last three years have been baffling. You know, and to Bill's point about not having draft picks, you know, he traded up for Dillard. That's, that so far looks like a bust. He, uh, he trades a third. He, he, he trades a third round pick for Jannard Avery, which was an absolute mistake. Because that dude's played, what, a game and a half in two seasons for the Eagles? That was a third-round pick that he just threw away. And, like, these are the things that Howie does. And when you say he's not a good talent evaluator because that's the truth, and then, oh, we only have, like, four picks this year because Howie traded all the others away, you know, his window to, like, you know, get that football through, you know, if you're throwing that pass, just keeps smaller and smaller and smaller when you have – like next to no picks, you have to hit home runs. And, you know, since, since Doug got fired, you know, the spin and the leaks that have been coming out of the team of, Oh, you know, Doug was the one that really wanted the Rager and Doug is the one that, those are the things that are like, Doug is the one that wanted that. So you're telling me, Howie Roseman and the Eagles, the the GM that has the power to set the game day roster. Correct. And make trades and draft picks is letting, is, is giving his coach input impact input on what players to trade or draft. Bullshit. Bullshit. I'm sure, but I think the final say like my thing. And that's what I wanted to bring up too, not the whatever, but this whole thing with Eric B enemy that Andy's came out with. Eagles released a statement saying they attempted to interview Bianami and he denied it. Now Andy said yesterday they never asked for him to, to interview, so that's bullshit. Like those are the little things that, like that, the Rager thing, JJ Ortega Whiteside. Oh, well, that really wasn't Howie. That's Jeff. Another big issue with this situation, and maybe, maybe Howie. Are, are you really hurt that we didn't hire Eric Bianami though? No, but the fact that they said like, they, no other team hired him either. It's not like he was the first guy to go. Why did you lie to us? Why did you say, why did you put out a presser that we requested an interview and he denied it? And then Andy Reid says they didn't ask him for it. So why, what, what, what does Andy gain had to gain by saying that? Nothing. He's being truthful. That's what like, I, and, and like, like, that's what I feel like. And again, maybe some of this is probably just goes, goes on Jeffrey's shoulders too. And I think because they talked about it today on the cousin show that 17 was like a blessing and a curse. That it emboldened how how we maybe or maybe Jeffrey Moore to be like Jerry Jones to be like you know what I'm a Super Bowl winning owner now I need to have input I'm the one that found Howie from being an intern I okayed him coming back from the dead me and Howie are gonna do this and make this the new norm and Doug's gonna be our show pony to call you call plays on game day and you know maybe maybe my frustration should be equally towards Jeffrey Lurie. Maybe he's got a bigger hand in things than we realize. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, when he talks about Carson and Jalen and only says them by assets, doesn't even talk about them like they're people. Maybe he is coming into those meetings and saying, "Hey, what? You know what? I want Ortega Whiteside. That's my guy." You know, and then and then you know, and then, like, another thing is with the DK Metcalf and JJ thing. 
All we heard was, oh, Joe Douglas wanted DK, how he wanted JJ. Then Jeffrey says in the press conference, DK wasn't even on our board on a medical meeting. We would never draft him at any round. So which is it? Joe Douglas wanted JJ over DK and how he wanted DK or he wasn't even on your draft board. Like those are like the little things as a fan annoy me. It's like, don't bullshit me. Like just shit, shit happens. Like, you know, it'd be like, hey, you know what? Same with same reason I made at Carson. You come out and say, you know what? 2020 sucked. I played bad and got benched, but I'm going to do better for this team next year. I'll see you in 2021. Like Jeffrey, talk to us. Hey, you know what? How he made some bad moves, but you know what? He's my guy and I trust him. And you got to believe in me. Oh, I, I would take that, John, over we have five GMs and that's how we say, like, just talk to me real. But I mean, the real reality is this dude's a billionaire guy, so that's not feasible. So it's hard for me to like, just be like, yeah, you guys are right. You guys are right. When you just throw bullshit and lies at the fan base and then just, just say pretty much take it. And like, like that's where I'm at. It's like, okay, if we're winning, we will. Like, who gives a shit what's going on behind the scenes? But when we're not winning, like we said, we start looking, well, why are we winning? Oh, well, who does this? Who does that? Who does this? And it's just like, it's just always amazing when somebody departs. Oh, Joe Douglas was the reason we didn't. We, uh, he, he liked Dillard a lot. He liked Dillard. Okay. You know, he's out of town now. Now Doug's going, well, you know, Doug wanted Jalen. You know, you know, Doug didn't want to coach Carson. We can't have that. When he's here, none of that shit came out. Like, so my thing is just like, be a man about shit. Like, you talk about, you know. Can, I, can I move the goalpost for a second? Okay. You usually do. I, I know. I, I used it because I know Jesse always gets gets on me for this, so I'm going to bring it up. Okay. How would you feel? How do you feel about Ben Simmons not talking about his jump shot and posting things on social media on in the summertime of how he's working on it and and the reports of him working on it and he's not talking about it? Do you it's feel right. lied to? Well, what he says is he made a comment. I'm still an all star without it. Is what he said. He addressed it in his eyes. I I'm again. A huge, a huge issue to me because why are, again, with the personal achievements, it should, like, I don't give a fuck you're an all-star. Like, agree. popularity contest. He should be worrying about what it takes to put this team in the right position to win championships. Right. The reason I bring that up is I understand and totally agree with your aspect on why I, I, someone like Carson Wentz should talk. And we, we sort of, Jesse and I sort of went back and forth about it today on the text thing. And I, and I still think, you know, I'll go back to what I said before. Originally I thought as a business decision, it was the best thing for him to do. But now that they've cut the head off, and when I say that the head coach, he should have said something, anything, because it's the, ne- he's the next, he's the next person there. Yeah, I know you'd say like how he's the next guy, but yeah. no, literally after the coach, yeah. it's your franchise quarterback. We were looking to grab onto something. He should have said something after Doug was fired. Like something. That. Thanks for the four years, Doug. Well, we don't know if he didn't reach out to him. So and, we'll, and, and, but, and I like to think they might have did, but I mean, if he's not talking, I mean, it could have been heated from what they say that, you know, you know, of, of all this shit coming out that, you know, that's the other thing too. It's like, who knows if it's coming from Doug or the Eagles because the Eagles like to play the drop dirty laundry game and then it's convenient for them. So, but some of it could be Doug. I mean, the whole shit about Carson audible and plays can on purpose. It'll be very, play. 
It'll be very like, interesting to see, in my eyes, how we argue about Howie Roseman, how in three, two to three years, how you feel about Daryl Morley. Morey. Is he going to be the type of guy who's going to be okay with, you know, in a real season, you know, 30, 30, you know, you know, being, being top eight seed, getting in the playoffs, but still never getting to the championship? Or are you going to be okay with him making a move like a Harden to try to get that chip and go all in and maybe, you know, the next couple years after that, they're shit because of the moves they made. But they got the chip. So we, it'll be interesting. Well, no, your question was how will I react to Sixers? Okay, so you're saying I'm just saying it'll be interesting to see what the how the transpires. Same thing, like the Sixers do the same yeah. thing, basically. Win a championship in two or three years, hopefully, you never know. But then two or three years later, stink, and it's because of the moves Daryl Morey made or didn't make to make them stink. So basically just taking the last five years for the Eagles and putting them with the Sixers. Correct. And I think at that point, Darren Morey probably would be fired. Yeah. Which, again, it's, it's a little bit tougher for it is, the NBA is a little NBA GMs. They, NBA. They, and, and, and that's where I do make mistakes. Not mistakes, but the NFL is a different beast. Yeah, it's, it's fair. It, it, it's a little tight over circle, knit. Like when you're in that group, like you're in that group. Nope. And that's one thing. Like Ray Diddy talked about it before about how Jeffrey – has the plaque for how he went in executive of the year by in front of his office. Well, look at the Toronto GM, Bill. I mean, he's a perfect example, right? Makes the move at the end of the, uh, the, the was it the all-star game? No, it was, it was when, no, it was Kawhi was getting yeah, recorded like, by everyone. Season, but yeah, no, that was, it was, it was. And he brings Kawhi, they win a championship, and then look at them now. Well, yeah, no, I mean, and, and that's, but I mean, he's actually rumored to be leaving again, potentially. NBA, I, I get it, though, what you're saying. And, but that's what. I'm, but I think the other thing too is just like, look, look, look at Matt Kupchak in the in NBA. He's now the GM for um, what's it? What? Oh God, uh, Mitch. The Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, and they're an yeah. up and coming team. They're winning good. He won six fucking rings as a GM. Had two years where he didn't win a championship, but got one year got the playoffs, one year didn't, and he gets fired in LA. Six fucking rings. Like, yeah. so that's what I'm saying. Like, in when you make this kind of level of money, like. And you're in that, like, you know, it's not like, you know, we're saying fire the assistant personnel director. We don't know his name. You know, fire the, you know, like when Howie made the Undertaker move, he said, I'm in this. I'm the man. That's part of being the lightning rod, man. When you, he, he got to be on the stage holding that trophy, he gets to have that ring and he earned it. I will never mm-hmm. say he didn't earn it. He made six or seven moves that won that Jay Ajayi was a huge move. Legarrette Blunt, huge move. Pat I mean, Rob. Pat Rob. What's that? Patrick Robinson. Robinson. Alshon Jeffrey getting him here before the season starts. Yeah. Uh, Tory Smith. What's that? Tory Smith. Big, huge. Like, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, we're still looking for a guy to replace Tory Smith. Three years later, yeah. Now I know even from Mike Wallace in eighteen, he got hurt. Not, <coughs> excuse me, not his fault. And we, you know, and then obviously we had Deshaun for last year and this year. Not his fault, but the problem was is like like we keep saying it's, it's you know it's corny to not for long thing, but it's like man, three years feels like an eternity to me. It just does. It feels like a different lifetime ago, and maybe because that's because of the quarantine shit a little bit too. But man, like I don't I don't know how he's like 
I still hold on to it, man, because of how long we waited, man. Another thing that that kind of tweaks me about Howie and always kind of has um, is the fact that he doesn't speak to anybody till the end of the season. I don't have any comments on this season. It's like, dude, like you're the fucking jam of a of, of a football crazed town. You can't talk to us after here and there during the week. And I'm not saying he doesn't say anything, but like having that once a year end of year presser, it's like. For a city, a fan base that's this plugged in and like chomping at the bit, Brian Cashman calls in all the time for the the Yankees. I know a different sport, you know, di- like uh, you know, you know, different guys like the, the old the old uh, the old GM for the Jets gets to call in to the WFAN again. Not funny, whatever, but it's like for as crazy as we are, maybe he, he could talk me off the ledge a little bit and to talk to me as a fan. I'm like, you know what? It, again, he doesn't have to. He can do whatever he wants, but it's like. I feel his lack of accessibility hurts him for me too because I don't know what kind of guy he is. Yeah, and, and, and as a Sixers fan, you you can follow Daryl Morey on Twitter. You you've we went through the Jerry Colangelo Twitter stuff. You know, uh, Elton Brand's the type of guy who talks talks a lot to the team. I, I mean, I get it. I get. It. I just don't. I, I don't think those guys. Much. I, I do think that the Eagles have a PR system and they do a lot of PR. Um, I don't necessarily know if all of the leaks and everything that you guys are kind of conspiracy about are exactly true, truthful. I'll, you know, I'll do some digging with my sources. Um, but you know, I, I just, I just want to give the guy a chance and, and I, I get it. You guys are on the boat where get rid of them cup eight and, and, and start fresh. If you're going to start fresh, uh, I just, I just want to at least see him get another shot at it. And honestly, It'll be the next two years will set his fate, and and you guys will see. It. You guys will know, and I'll know too. If it doesn't work out, and Nick Sirianni wasn't the guy, and you know you drafted a young quarterback and he's trash, or you know you you went for the wide the big wide receiver and we he doesn't get along with Carson or whoever, then you know it doesn't work out and he's gone. And I'm cautiously optimistic, but like I said today, we'll we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I don't feel as insulted now, though, so it's okay. Now, what's that? <laughs> no. I, don't, I don't feel as insulted now. It's okay. No, and that's kind of you know, get it all out of your system. Well, we always we always end with it. It's like we care so much about these teams. It's just we bleed with them. We you know we sweat with them, and it's just when we see things that aren't going right, like we're not morons. We give a lot of our time and energy and money to these teams, and when the owners and the guys that run them. I mean, really, again, they don't have to, you know, they're busy doing their thing, but are unaccessible. And then when they are kind of feed us dog shit, it's like, well, how much does it be about you? Like, yeah, I get it. You probably work hard and you care. Like, I don't think you don't care or you don't work hard. But when you tell me that you're a GM factory and you have at multiple, at, like, talk to me like a, like, like, like a football fan, you know what? I, 2020, you know, Matt, Matt, like, you know what I would love? I would love to have a, have a, um, Zoom call like this or a podcast with on Skype, and then all of a sudden, as Bill's talking complete shit and Jesse is talking complete shit on Howie Roseman, we push the button, and all of a sudden, Howie comes on screen and he's like, "Hey guys, how you doing?" John and Matt asked me to come on here <laughs> and, and just say, see your see your faces. <laughs> and I would literally say, "Hey Howie, love to have you." Question for you, Jalen Hurts, round two. Where's your head on on that pick? Where did that come from? Was that because clearly you said Doug wanted him? So was he one another one of Doug's picks you gave up, or was that one of your guys, brother? You don't. You really don't like that pick, huh? 
Uh, no, I think he's going to be good. And actually, John, I actually liked his kid so much, it hurts me that Howie drafted him. But I liked his kid. <laughs> See? So, See? I liked his Bro, kid's fire. Don't he's forget a football player. I don't know if he's that good yet, but did you see the video he posted today? Of um, he he donated like thirty grand to some some um. Can't, like, like, make I, yet. I, I was you know I was like I was like look at this guy and then I, I saw your text about you know look, looking up what Carson's doing and Carson does good stuff for you know we're not, I'm not gonna sit here and knock what he does he nah, he gives he gives back he gives back yeah I mean Carson's donated a ton of money to he does a lot of stuff with what like Haiti too. Yeah, yeah, he does like those retreats. That's where he met his wife, I believe, on a on a like a mission mission retreat. But but to your point, like Bill, same thing about the GM. We'd love to see our Philly athletes be a little more, especially a franchise guy, right? Like you know uh, Carson Wentz. When is he on a on a talk show? When is he on a a podcast? You know, that's what I mean. You can't call in for ten five. I mean, you're literally when you're driving to you know to Subway. Call in for five fucking minutes on your drive there. That's how, it. how about a, a Jalen? Shout, shout out to Jalen talking to Kay Adams the other day on NFL Network. Another well, college. No, because you know, apparently they kind of got, and that Eskimo was talking about that tonight. You funny you bring that up um, when I was driving home. Talked about how the Eagles really bottle players up and that he's like saying the Eagles have him bottled up, that he's not allowed to call into WIP 975. Like, him doing that probably was him going a little rogue, but that's just the kind of guy he is, and he yeah. won't get trouble for it. But he's like the Eagles are very, like I said before, they want to control marketing and PR. Like they have to let you kind of go out and again. But it's but but no, I mean everything about Jalen is like I want to root for this kid. And it, and you're right though, if Jalen turned out to be a franchise guy, how he ain't going anywhere because that's a badge of honor, and that's well, I mean, fun. Don't don't forget. Like the numbers he put up in his first year are, are worse than Tim Tebow's. I we went over him what two weeks they ago. Are, like, but he's only played how many games? The same Four amount of games. games. The way same I, amount of games. Same oh, amount of games. Right. Uncorrected. Okay. I guess the way I look at it, though, and again, it's only whatever I know. Is if he doesn't get pulled in that quarter, we might win that Washington game, and we go two and two as it with our starter. I mean, he might could be two and two in four games. I'll tell you what. Pulled, so. I is sitting here today and, and Carson Wentz doesn't want to be here and we don't have, we have a new coach and we don't have a quarterback. I feel a lot better having him here than, you know, any of the free agent quarterbacks that might be available. And when I say free agents, like legit free agents, not the guys yeah. that are on the trading block. Well, now you're don't forget our, who our new quarterbacks coach is. Brian Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. The, the guy who yeah. is close personal friends with Jalen Hurts' family who I believe coach Jalen Hurts' dad. Yep. No, right around Jalen Hurts' dad coached this guy in high coach school. Him. Oh, coaches. Yeah. And okay. then and Ryan recruited him at Mississippi State when he was a, line, a quarterback coach there. But Jalen chose Alabama over Mississippi State. And then but, tried to recruit him when he left out, when he entered the transfer portal after Alabama. Like, so so we've, we've signed a, guy, a young guy that – that knows Hurts from what are you since he was four? Four, yep. I mean, if that don't tell you what they're trying to do, and I just saw I forget where I saw it, um, that they're talking that the Eagles might be able to get more than a first round pick for Carson Wentz. They're trying to like and that's the thing, and I get it, I get he's doing his job, but when like when they leak like Mike Garofalo, like that comes from the Eagles and Howie, and I get it. They're trying to drum up interest. All multiple teams are calling them, but we're not interested. 
if they got calls for a player of Carson's caliber and weren't interested, that's not getting out to the national media, okay? That's the Eagles trying to create smoke. But I get it. I mean, they're doing their job, but it's just like, come on, Howie. Guy got benched. He's not talking to anybody. He's in silent mode. <laughs> Nobody's buying your bullshit. It's maybe the Patriots and Colts are maybe our two choices. Like, I don't know where else he would go. Maybe, maybe Carolina, but I don't know if they would have now, Denver. I mean, Carolina needs a quarterback. Denver needs a quarterback. There's a lot of teams that need quarterback, dude. Well, no, no. What I, what I read about Stafford was apparently if Stafford did not go to the Rams, he was going to Carolina, and if he was not going to Carolina, he was going to Washington. But the, but, but the Rams basically like said, what's it going to take? So Carolina obviously is looking, but I think – I mean, Matt Rule probably could draft a guy where he's at. No, he is. I mean, but his team kind of almost in the win-now mode because they got C-Mac. They got uh, Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. Like, they're kind of in – they could win now because their defense is getting a little better too. Like, they're like a Tampa kind of quarterback away because they got a lot of weapons on offense and a young defense. That's called, Jeremy Chin, great player. I don't know. Could have drafted him. <laughs> that, that was just for Jesse. I had to do that. It's but, fine. I mean, it's true, like – they're that team that's a quarterback away from being a contender because that division is open now. I mean, with Breeze out and, you know, uh, you know, if, if, I mean, Brady's going to be a year older, you don't know. And then the Falcons, new coach, they're always a shit show. I mean, Carolina could be a, could be a player next year. Maybe, maybe they're in on Carson because apparently Carolina offered the eighth pick to the Lions for Stafford, but Stafford wanted to go to the Rams and that's what they kind of, they wanted to keep him happy basically. Because the Colts offered a third round pick, and Stafford said, "I'm Stafford said I'm go, I'll go anywhere but the Patriots." He said he would not go there. He would refuse to trade to the Patriots to play for Belichick. He didn't want to play for Belichick. Who's who said that? Uh, uh, Stafford said uh, he would. He refused to go to the Patriots. He wouldn't. Uh, he he, he would have blocked that trade. There was a, a stat I saw on uh, Goff about his record playing uh, in cold weather and. God oh, damn, is it perfect? I think he's played. Oh, yeah, like, no, I, I think he's played like six, six or seven games in like sub, like forty-five degree weather, and won like two of them. Oh, good thing Detroit, Detroit plays in a dome, and then Detroit, the Minnesota is in a dome. <laughs> Detroit plays in a dome, but half of the teams in that division don't. Nah, yeah, and and they're not beating Green Bay anyway. And you're gonna have to go. To, you're gonna have to go to Green Bay. You're going to have to go to Chicago. There's plenty of teams up there that don't play in domes. Well, I mean, I, there's also, you know, the Aaron Rodgers effect. I mean, he could leave. Uh, okay. that, yeah, that, that, that opens it up. Yeah, but, I mean, it, it's the same thing. Like, Aaron Rodgers can piss and moan, you know, about not being happy all he wants. But he's got, what, two years, three years left on that deal? They're not going to cut him. Nah. So a team's going to – He just – he, he, I mean, it's emotional. Think about it. He's getting interviewed after he just had probably one of the biggest letdowns, if not the – well, the biggest choke of his career because he had the chance in the fourth quarter three different times to take the lead with the ball and didn't do it. So he choked. Don't, and, don't say it can't happen, Bill. It happened to Brett Favre. It could happen to that. <laughs> well, I mean, Brett Favre yeah, also – Brett Favre kind of – well, they, they, well, they had Aaron Rodgers waiting in the wings. They had Aaron right. So did they just did they just take a quarterback? Jordan Love bitched yeah, and moaned and demanded a trade. Like Brett Favre yeah. didn't get traded. Brett Favre demanded to be traded. Um, and and I think Rodgers could do the same. 
he could. You never know. But but anywho, I guess it's uh, I guess how how long does this episode go? This one's a long one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we've we've talked for a few minutes. Um, I mean, we could wrap it up. I'd love to get your final thoughts to hear if uh, if anyone thinks that Tampa Bay has a chance of beating the Chiefs. Absolutely. Oh, that game this weekend too. I forgot about the Super Bowl. I, I Brady did not play well in that game. I do not think the the Bucks win that game. I don't want to see them win. Ugh. It was it was funny when I was driving home from seeing my grandfather after like my whole family quarantined, so my grandfather and I could spend our birthdays together. Uh, we're, we were driving home on the turnpike right before it turned a four hour drive turned into a seven hour drive. That's and there was fun. a, there was a, yeah, we, this, we caught this or the storm caught us over the weekend. Um, Sunday, the storm caught us in the Poconos. Mm. Um, so we're, we're driving home and there was a semi in front of us when it slowed, right when the storm caught us and on the back of the semi, it was all dirty and somebody, you know, drew it right, yeah. anybody please, but Brady, no. Oh my God. Yeah. That's a lot of people. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it'd be one thing, you know, like if it was another journeyman guy against him, you root for it. But Mahomes is going to be there a lot more times. You know, he's, you know, I mean, it, it could be a passing of the torch. I think, I mean, I think the obvious bet is, you know, the Chiefs. I mean, they're just explosive. But, I mean, I don't think a lot of people saw the Bucks going to Green Bay and doing what they did. Right. Um, I mean, they got they got a legit pass rush and the Chiefs have two backup tackles now. So, I mean, losing Fisher is a big deal. I mean, that's his blind side. So, JPP and Shaq Barrett, you know, you know, Shaq Barrett's kind of like the Chris Long signing for them this year, John, like you said before. A veteran guy comes There's in. another guy. Yeah, good, good pull there. Yeah, like, you know, it's a guy that's kind of on a prove-it deal but has a lot of in the tank. And, you know, so that's what you need. Hit on two or three of these guys to be ballers. But, man – I don't know. Brady's only ever lost to NFC East teams in the Super Bowl. I mean, he's you know zero three against the NFC East, six and zero against everybody else. I don't know. I, I hate to say it, I'm Team Brady. Team Brady I, on Sunday. Not like pulling for Brady, but I think I'm going to have. I mean, this this is a cock up. I got two predictions. I think the Chiefs either win thirty five to thirteen, and it's a blowout. Where Tampa wins 31-30 on a last-minute Brady drive. And they yeah. have like a some-yard field goal to win. I mean, I'll be happy if the Chiefs win. I'll be happy for Big Red again, obviously. But there's just something like if, the, if Brady wins, it'd be something really cool to see the first, the first player in NFL history to win a Super Bowl in, in, three, in three different decades. I mean, when are you ever going to be able to see that again? Who knows? You know, at a I mean, high level, like – He's not Peyton Manning in it, where like Peyton Manning was a corpse out there when they beat the Panthers. I mean, Manning was like nine for twenty-seven, twenty-eight yards, a touchdown, <laughs> and three picks. Yeah, the year when the when Von Miller had like nine sacks against. I, just the historic Peyton, factor like, of it out there. They're like Peyton, just say hi, Peyton. Just yeah. say Omaha once, just do it once for the camera, <laughs> Omaha. I mean, it, just the historical, you know, uh, implications behind Brady winning would be pretty cool to see. Um, but you know, I, I, I like anything. If the Eagles aren't in it. I'm just, I just hope for an entertaining game and, and, uh, hope it's not a 
I, I, I hope it's not a blowout. I hope it goes down to a last minute Brady driver, a last minute Mahomes drive, you know, t- and, um, you know, have us on the edge of the, uh, of the, of the seat, you know, I mean, that's what sure. you want. It's good I heard for that. They're not going to do most corporations didn't want to do commercials because of the pandemic. It's a bad, bad optics, spending a lot of money when we're in a pandemic, but now I'm seeing a lot of companies did like there's a Will Ferrell commercial coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wayne World, Wayne's World's doing an Uber Eats commercial, like multiple ones throughout the game. Uh, Robin Hood apparently is doing one. Yeah, there's going to be some, <laughs> some uh, yeah. you know, you know, you know, some good ones. So that, you know, so, so that's always fun. Should be a good halftime show with the weekend. He's, you know, he he got some moves. Yeah, you know, hopefully it's a good, uh, you know, down in Tampa. You know, so it's, uh, yeah, I think everybody's kind of like. Had nobody root for because, like I said, if it's Brady, oh God, seven. But then his Mahomes is like, well, he, this kid's gonna have five and seven years probably, so he's just gonna be coming up too. But he's easy to root for. He's a good kid. My, my homies. Yeah, easy to root for Mahomes and and Big Red. I mean, I just think that uh, it's no, it's hard do. not to root yeah. for for Andy. Yeah, time yours. Time yours. Gotta get better. Time, time yours, baby. <laughs> yeah, we missed big red pressers. Uh, Dawkins, uh, <clears throat> need to do a better job. Did uh, you see him showing up to his Super Bowl presser in the Hawaiian shirt? Classic, so good, dude. He owns his brand, man. It's awesome. That's it's big awesome. red. I saw him on uh, Diners uh, Triple D a couple weeks ago when they were in yeah. Kansas City, and it was a newer one, like from a year or two. He went to this burger place, and their guy was like. Andy, do you want me to cut that burger in half? He's like, Psh! and he grabbed the fucking bitch and just like <laughs> took it down. Like the first bite was like, his mouth just opened up like fucking one of those like creatures do. He just like yeah. engulfed. It was so good. And he's Andy's like, it's a good burger. It's like a big plastic, <laughs> big red. Love it, love it. Well, but uh, good luck to big. Can, but he's wearing his Hawaiian shirt flip flops that episode. <laughs> good luck to Big Red. Yep. Well, Jesse, we might need one. We always need one. There we go. Go, birds!